Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, people, and welcome to the Believe in Heat podcast. I'm your host, Warren Shaw, and we have a dope episode lined up for you this week as the Heat are awaiting their first-round opponent in the playoffs. But before we begin, i got to shout out the Believe Network and ask that you, the listener, give this show and all the shows on the network a five-star rating on whatever your favorite podcast platform may be. All right, that's enough begging to begin the show. Let's go ahead and jump right in and show some love to our amazing sponsor. Just in time for the NBA playoffs, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today and use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Alright good people, let's check in on the week that was for the Miami Heat. Let's do it. The Heat finished the season as winners of six of their last seven games. The last two games since we spoke happened to be against Atlanta and the Orlando Magic. The game versus Atlanta was pretty much a throwaway game. The Heat finished the season with a record of 53-29. and But I want to talk a little bit more about that Atlanta game because I think that game was a little bit more important to the Heat's overall outlook when it comes to the first round of the playoffs. Beating Atlanta, at least in my opinion, sent them out of the 7-8 round and into the 9-10 round of the playoffs. That allowed Brooklyn to continue their winning ways and sneak into that 7-8 matchup where they're more than likely going to secure the 7th seed by the time you hear this recording. Honestly, at this point, it doesn't matter who Miami plays in the first round. The fact that they're actually getting some rest throughout the course of the beginning of the playoffs here is amazing. They will not play their first round matchup no matter who it is until Sunday, the second day of the actual NBA playoffs. And that comes in extremely handy because the team did suffer a little bit of bad news as Bam Adebayo entered health and safety protocols. But again, nothing to fear here, I don't think, as Miami has all the days of rest before the playoffs begin because of playing takes four days to actually play, and then the games begin on Saturday, and then they don't actually play until that Sunday again, like I said, the second day of the NBA playoffs. So Bam should be back and ready and rested for whoever they're playing in that first round. So be easy. Nothing to fear. I think Miami's going to be just fine heading into the playoffs. Now. I'm very excited about what we have coming up next. Stay tuned for the Heat Culture segment. Miami Heat Culture is a system based on discipline, hard work. Hashtag Heat Culture. The Miami Heat Culture. Heat Culture. Miami, Heat culture. Miami has developed this culture that is known throughout the NBA. Heat Culture. And on this week's edition of the Heat Culture segment on the Believe in Heat podcast, I have one of the dopest guys out there. If you're following on Twitter, um, or if you're rocking with the five reasons sports, like many of you Heat fans definitely are, he's definitely somebody to follow. It is my guy, Brady Hawk. Brady, what's poppin', family? How you doing? Doing good. Thank you for having me on. Man, um, I'm glad I'm glad to be here with you. I know you've been, you know, rocking with the Heat now for a couple of seasons, doing your thing over there at Five Reasons Sports and doing it big, going to games, covering the covering the team in the Zooms with the players, the, the whole nine, and everyone is looking for your content and things of that nature. So what we're doing here on this week's segment of Heat Culture is we're actually going to kind of, since 
we're waiting for the playoffs for 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 the Miami Heat. Right, we don't even know who the opponent is as as we're recording. So let's take take a little conversation and have a little fun with it. So the NBA awards are, you know, a topic of conversation a lot of people like to discuss, and we're going to kind of do the NBA awards, but Heat style, all right? Just just keeping it Heat style. So we've we've prepped you. You kind of know what's coming so far, fans and listeners. So we're going to dive right into this. So the first thing we're going to do is our take on the Rookie of the Year. So this will be the first year Heat Player of the Year. Um, you can obviously go with a rookie like Omar, Omer, rather, uh, but obviously veterans like P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin's been added to this roster. So who would you pick as the rookie of the year for the Heat in terms of first year with this Miami Heat organization? Yeah, I think the easy answer is Kyle Lowry, but I won't go that route. I want to go more of uh, the underwhelming uh, that came out of nowhere type of rookie of the year. And I think that's P.J. Tucker. Uh, over the last two months or so, I think it, it's gone a little bit of a different direction because the shooting has kind of leveled off in a lot of ways. Uh, he's still shooting over 40% from three on the season, which is wild. I think Miami's kind of uh, utilizing in different ways offensively. It's kind of taken them to another level. We saw, I, I still think back to when they were without Bam in the month of December and the beginning of January, where they kind of formed him into a Bam type, which nobody thought would be possible for a veteran of his uh, caliber, that they, they were running post splits for him. They were allowing him to play make. They're doing so many different things. Uh, and then I'm sitting here talking about PJ Tucker and not even mention the defense. Like that's where this all comes together. Uh, they basically base a defense around them that when there's a, a big and a guard that they're playing that are kind of on another level, they're going to put PJ on that guard, put Bam on the big, and they're going to switch it and kind of spoke and put all the pieces from there how, how he wants. So it's just, uh, I, I think we knew what PJ Tucker was coming in, but I think he's kind of taken it to another level of what a lot of people expected. So I'd probably give it to him. You know, I like that selection, and I think, you know, one of the underrated situations about Miami acquiring P.J. Tucker was, you know, it was almost Red Sox-Yankee-ish, if you will. They, they took him away from, yeah. you know, when he was at, he was the NBA champion, you know, and coming from Milwaukee in, in that situation. So when you saw that acquisition coming into the year, and again, obviously, I think, you know, we, we're on the same page because Kyle Lowry is kind of an easy pick, but if you mm -hmm. want to kind of, we want to dive down and deep to this, and I love to talk a conversation. Did you did he give you exactly what you expected this year? Like, you know, as, as a fan, somebody covers the team on a regular basis. Is it everything that you expect or has it been a little bit more maybe on some of the elaborating on some of the points you touched on a little bit earlier? Yeah, I think it would be a little bit more just because I think we knew before that he was a corner shooter. Like, that's what he is. He's not above the break shooter. He's not really an inside guy. His finishing hasn't always been that great around the rim. Uh, but he's basically developed a floater that pretty much came out of nowhere. That's kind of allowed them, their, their shooters, to have a release valve in a lot of ways. That when two are going on to Duncan or two are flying out at, at Max or Tyler, he's sitting there waiting on the roll and he has this floater that's kind of unleashed uh, that I just haven't seen up to this point, or at least this efficiently. That uh, I think it, it is just a little bit more than we expect. I think it was just supposed to be 3 and D. Uh, but now they're, they're moving stuff around as the closing lineup. But he's still a, a trusted closer when they need him to be. I still think about last year when you brought up the Bucks. I still think about that series against Brooklyn where he couldn't stop Kevin Durant because nobody in this league can stop Kevin Durant, but he slowed him down just enough for them to get past. And I, I still think that he was kind of the reason why they were the champs. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they could have got there without him. So uh, I think it's interesting that you just made the point about flipping over to Miami because I think that's a big loss. Uh, but I would say I think I, I, what I expected, I, I think we got a little bit more out of him than I would have thought. Yeah, I would agree with that that assessment as well, too, Brady. I think, you know, when you're looking at P.J., it's not even 
what he does on the floor. Um, you know, something that we'll get into here before we let you ride. But, you know, again, we're talking about PJ here on the heat culture segment of, of this show. And I think he's embodied, you know, kind of everything of what that means. I've heard Spo say multiple times, like the guy just, he won't sit down, like <laughs> twist his arm just for him not to play. So I think in terms of what he's bring, what he brings on the court, what he brings off the court, embracing the community in Miami as well too. I've seen him around in different programs and events, you know, and everything like that too. I think this is a great, great addition to this Heat roster. So excellent pick here for first year Heat Player of the Year or our take on Rookie of the Year. Nice one, Brady. So let's take it now to the next conversation, and the next award we're going to go with is, and I think there might be some easy answers here too. But I again, I know we're, I know we're going to not just take the easy route. But in terms of most improved player on the Heat roster this season, who would be your selection in that capacity? It's funny because the other day on Twitter, I posed a question where I said, who has improved the most? Is it Gabe Vincent, Max Schroes, or Kayla Martin? Because I feel like those three are three of the people that kind of came up out of nowhere. Uh, my answer is Gabe Vincent. And nice. not because of it's the, he's by far the best of the three. But in terms of total improvement, where when we were coming into the season, for one thing, we were saying, okay, the only thing this team lacks is a backup point guard. They do not have a backup point guard. They have a third string point guard and Gabe Vincent, they signed to a light contract, uh, but they don't have a backup point guard. What are they going to do about that? And basically Gabe Vincent came in and said, I'm the backup point guard. And he may not be a total one because we've seen either with Nigeria or these other teams, his whole life, he's been an off the catch type of player. Uh, but he's for one, he's developed a pick and roll game. I think that has taken a huge step this year. He's been able to, uh, if Kyle Lowry goes out for you know two weeks or three weeks at a time, he's stepped in and he's been that point guard. He's ran pick and rolls, fed the bigs. Uh, his shot has taken a jump. Last season, I think that was the big thing. He came in as a shooter. That was it. He was just a complete shooter. Then all of a sudden, the shot kind of went away, and they're like, oh, wait, he, he's a bit of a defender. He has some other things to him. This year, the shot came back, and everything kind of rounded into shape. I talked to him before the season where he said, it was more about him tweaking his jumper. There was some mechanical stuff he was trying to get into, but with range and all this different stuff that uh, I think that was the reason that the shot kind of fell off. Now we're seeing it all come together. He's had reps. He's had opportunities. So I'd say in terms of pure improvement, I think it has to go in. Yeah, you know what? And it's funny because, like I said, a lot of guys on this on this roster have improved, and that's a credit to kind of the Heat organization, their player development. They just do an amazing job plucking out the weeds, if you will, and, you know, really being able to turn, you know, another another man's, you know, whatever into a gold mine for Miami. And I think Gabe being within this Miami organization has really kind of figured some things out here, especially from last year to this year. Um, got some confidence, obviously, playing with the national team as well, too, where he was kind of the man there for, for that mm -hmm. roster. Um, and coming back in here now with a revamped and retooled roster that really, again, everyone just picked up the slack, too. So I think, you know, it's a great pick here for most improved player on the Miami Heat this year, Gabe Vincent. I'll be interested to say, like, this is your pick, but did you say, what was what was actually the results of your Twitter poll when you put that out there? I think it was Max. That, yeah. and, and it was close because all three of them were neck and neck, which I kind of expected. Uh, but I feel like the reason I wouldn't lean Max is because I think it was more for him about opportunity than it was, like, full improvement. Like, I feel like we got flashes of this before of his shooting, where in terms of, I think Caleb falls in this bracket as well, as of just... Yeah two guys that improved a ton. Uh, so it, I could see the term improvement from Max because he all of a sudden he's an undrafted guy that's a two-way. Now he's a Miami Heat starter on one seed in the East. So I could see it, but I think I'll lead Gabe Vincent. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
let's do one more before we have to kick to our you know our sponsors and break and the whole nine um let's talk about the six men of the year so listen we're not crazy here right we know we know what it is tyler hero is going to win the nba award for six men of the year so clearly he's miami's actual six men of the year so maybe we need to read return it and said a alternate bench player, you know, of the year for, <laughs> for the team roster. Because Tyler was all he was a wild dude this year. He was definitely getting buckets, creating for this team and doing a lot of great things. No need to kind of oversell it. We know what that situation is. But if you were picking somebody outside of Taylor, Tyler Hero to be the sixth man or bench player of the year for Miami Heat, who would that be my guy, Brady? Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation because still to this day, heading into the playoffs, people are still talking about who is in the rotation off the bench for Miami. Like, they don't know. There's conversations to be had. The one guy that I think is a staple in most series you go into uh, is Kayla Martin. Like, I think of, we could, he was, <laughs> you could have said most improved player for him as well, like we just said, but he's kind of taken a leap in a way uh, where they can form things around him as a bench player. Like, uh, the other day they played Atlanta. They were able to, because when there's a stretch four on the other team, they can plant Kyle Lowry on him and not have to worry about him because he's not an interior guy, as they did with Gallinari. Uh, but the reason that's important is because you put Kayla Martin on Trey Young. Uh, during, I think it was about de December, January, February, he went on a run where he was kind of locking up uh, Fox, Steph, uh, Van Vliet, uh, just all elite guards, all in a like a two, three-week span, where it was like, oh, okay, this guy is a legit defensive piece. And if you ask him, he was never considered a legit defensive piece. Like He was always a guy that was just kind of an isolation scorer, could do some things, that was an athletic guy. Uh, now he's shooting over 40% from three this season uh, and the defensive stuff kind of puts him over the mark that I just feel like uh, from where he stood coming in that he went from a two-way contract to a regular contract in the same season uh, to the production he's kind of giving them. I feel like uh, I'd probably give him the edge in this one. Yeah, I love that pick. I think for me, as I survey the NBA um, and maybe it's recency bias, maybe it's geographic bias because of even I think where we both live. So, but I'm just trying to think of a more impactful guy that was waived, if you will, and picked up by a team. <laughs> yeah, I mean this year. Crazy. I, I just, I, I again, I, I'm drawing a blank, and maybe there is somebody, but I don't think there's been even a better waiver wire addition, if you will, to a, to a team than other than than Kayla Martin, what he's been able to do. You know, 9.2 points a game coming off the bench, but as you said, not even worrying about the scoring, what he's been able to do defensively, and just kind of being, you know. Um, that glue guy within the roster and, and in all lineups that Spol puts out there. Really, really immense stuff. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. My guys, my friends, my peoples here on Believe in Heat podcast. Again, we're talking with Brady Hawk, and we'll be right back after this break doing more Miami Heat awards. Planning ahead for a big expense? Don't put those car repairs or medical bills on a high-interest credit card. Like for me, I've been planning for a cruise overseas, and I'd love to be able to take my entire family. Credit Karma can help you look for a low-interest personal loan that could save you money while you pay off your purchase. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you, so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval, so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma. Apply with more confidence today. And we're back. Make sure you tap in with my my co-host for the day and my you know a good friend of mine on Twitter, Brady Hawk from Five Reasons Sports. Be sure to follow him on social at Brady Hawk305. I can tell you. 
he's a great follow if you're a Miami Heat fan. If you're just an NBA fan, I've seen him grow. It's been an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. And I'm loving, loving the insight he's giving us here, here today on today's show, talking Miami Heat Awards. So we're going to go down now to our final two and a half-ish awards. And I'll, you'll know what I mean when we kind of get to that last one. But Defensive Player of the Year. So no caveats. Not going to say you got to take anybody out, so, so to speak. Um, who would be your Defensive Player of the Year for the Miami Heat this year, Brady? I think this is the one where I'm not going to go under the radar. Like, <laughs> I, I have to say Bam Adebayo. Like, I think you can make the case for a couple of the guys we've already discussed, like Gabe or Caleb. I think PJ, another guy we've discussed, you could throw in there. Uh, but Bam just makes everything work for this team defensively. Like, he's the piece when you're talking about in a series for Eric Spolstra. He's the chess piece he's going to be moving around all over the court to kind of throw off any team that he sees. Uh, in terms of this season, I think the things we saw, the uh, we've seen the switching before. Like, I think we'd all know what he can do on the perimeter. But then there's been stuff, okay, when you're switching out there, there's issues around the rim because of the rebounding. But when you get a guy like PJ, it kind of plugs a couple of those things. You've seen Bam be Bam in a lot of ways, where not only is he doing that, but I think one of his better strengths defensively that's not talked about as enough is almost the Giannis factor of being a weak side defender. When he's guarding that corner shooter, they try to stretch him out. He can recover so quickly uh, that if we're talking about defensive player of the year for this team, I, I still think about the play against Chicago where he was kind of guarding a guard in a pick and roll. The guard threw a lob. He turned around 360 and ended up blocking the lob on the big. Like you're, That's not a normal thing to do. Uh, and if it wasn't Bam, I think that play just kind of cemented this award for me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. You know, I think he's probably the linchpin. Not probably, he's the linchpin of this defense. Switchability is a big thing in today's NBA, and Bam does he checks all those boxes. Weak side help, on ball defending, guarding guys. You know, basically even one through five at times. Just has that ability. Allows this Miami Heat defense to be as flexible as it needs to be, especially when he's there. Where do you think he stands? And again, trying to take homerism aside. Where do you think he stands in terms of the overall conversation for the NBA outside of this organization? Yeah, personally, I think he's right up there. Like, I, just from being able to watch him game over game and just see the impact, the versatility, like everything in one uh, is Bam Adebayo. And I, I, but from the outside, if you're looking at where I think he lands, he's probably not going to be in the top three. And, and that just seems like the way it is right now. Like, uh, if it gets to a point where, where he's not on first team all defense – then there's a problem. Like right. that's just how it is. Because if there's a guy that's doing this type of stuff on the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, that's top five in defense, and he's kind of the piece, like I said before, that's able to be moved around. Uh, and he has not only is he doing it, but he also has some highlight plays that I know plays into it. Where there's a narrative side to this, where uh, when you're making these highlight big time plays and games, and it's on social medias, it adds some extra buzz to it. But uh, I just don't see him actually winning it just the way it stands right now. But I think he should be in strong consideration, at least be you know, at the top two, top three range. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. I think what, what ends up happening is, you know, the injury, right? You know, playing the 56 yeah. games, you know, maybe that is a, a reason why it was easy for some fans and voters to kind of forget about that situation, mm -hmm. you know, and how great he is and that was and is for, for this Heat team, but just kind of as a defender around the league. And I think a lot of teams are scheming around, trying not to funnel action in his direction yes. if possible. You're not, you're not running pick and roll with Bam involved. You're not, you're not doing <laughs> that. So I think, you know, great conversation here on Bam Adebayo. All right. Let's get to the coup de grace, if you will, for, for, our, for our conversation. And I think our fans listeners here might enjoy this one, not only because it is, you know, it is a, a narrative that everybody loves to kind of talk about when it comes to the league at large, but 
I think on this specific team, it's a very interesting and unique conversation. Um, and maybe maybe some people think it's cut and dry, you know, but I, I look at it and I'm like, there's a lot of people who make this team go, so to speak. So the first part I'll ask you, Brady, is who do you believe is the actual most valuable player for the Miami? I'd say right now, I think it's Tyler Hero. And, and that may be a bit of a surprise. I think Bam could be in consideration just from the defensive stuff we just said. Uh, I think Jimmy's rim pressure we've seen when he's been, they've been without that, there's an issue. Uh, but this team needs Tyler Hero scoring, where if you say in a series they don't have Tyler Hero, you're kind of looking around that you need this guy, this guy, and this guy to step up on the offensive end to kind of put you over the top, uh, that I think he kind of just makes everything work. When you look at a closing lineup, uh, we've seen with Jimmy deferring to Tyler and, and even Kyle at times, it opens everything up. When you talk about you know second quarters when he's running with a bench unit, they're able to survive, and there was most of the season – the bench unit was playing better than the starting unit where they were kind of being an off better offensive team in that part. Uh, that speaking of pure value, uh, I think it has to be Tyler right now. And I think in my mind, it's still just like that thing's playing in my head where if you're without a guy in a playoff series, where would you be? I just don't know where they will be without Tyler here in a specific series. So let me ask you this question and, you know, no disagreement on, on, on my side, because I think it is, it's not even a splashy pick, but I think the numbers kind of bear like he's been, They've, they've done a lot of things with a lot of people in the lineup this year. Yeah. Um, but they've really, really struggled with, without Tyler, you know, in, in those lineups um, for multiple reasons. Um, do you think he's made more important specifically by virtue of Lowry kind of really kind of pick and choosing his spots and Duncan Robinson having a little bit of regression this year? Or is it just Tyler's just that damn good and it just that just kind of is what it is? Yeah, I think Tyler's pretty much taken off on his own. Like when I think of just, the, I don't know if it's as much the guys around him. I think in terms of Bam's improvement, like I would link it to Kyle and Duncan because we've seen uh, they've kind of went away from the Duncan-Bam combo and, and Kyle's averages more passes to Bam than by far than anybody else on the team that it's been a priority to get him going. In terms of Tyler, I think that's just all Tyler. Uh, when you look at lineups that plug in, it doesn't matter who he's next to, that he kind of elevates them. Uh, and we've just seen a shot creating boost. There were times even last season where we said, okay, the issue with this guy is he kind of needs a screen every time he has the ball. Like he can't really create for himself. He doesn't really have a shot creating ability. He can get to the rim, but what is he going to do when he gets there? Because he doesn't really have strength. Uh, he's added strength. He's added a shot creating ability where he can kind of make plays on anybody. Just uh, not crazy Kyrie in his bag moves, but he can just get you in his spots and he'll rise over the top of you to make a play where if you're talking about in a half court setting in the playoffs, you feel a lot more comfortable right now than you did a year ago heading into that Milwaukee series. So uh, I'd say just based off the 82 games we've seen this season uh, and specifically when we think about the stretch where they were without Bam and Jimmy, where it was just Kyle and, and Tyler basically running the show and they went on a you know bit of a winning streak. Uh, I think it does, Tyler individually just deserves, deserves a lot of credit. So as we go to the half portion of, of what I was saying, this award would be, if we switched the narrative just slightly and took out player and made that MVP the most valuable person, would you change your answer and make that coach Spo for what he has been able to do within this line? And it's okay if, if, if you wouldn't, but just wanted to kind of throw that out there for a little bit of fun. I think it's possible. I think of, what is he, Chris Quinn's one, uh, one and two without him. I think it's <laughs> something like that. So maybe we could throw that number out there, but I think it is something to look at that, uh, I tie Spo into developmental program as well. I said it the other day when we just posed the question, talk about these young guys. 
Uh, it's not normal that you have three guys turn into legitimate rotation players in the span of a couple months. Like we were not talking about Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, and Caleb Martin uh, as legitimate players. We were talking about the Markeith Morris's, uh, the Victor Oladipo's. Now it's getting to the point where you're, we're having conversations of these three guys being over the two veterans that we were talking about earlier in the year that uh, the developmental program, I think, deserves a lot of credit, but that ties into SPO. It's not only getting them to that point, but it's utilizing them in the right ways. It's allowing Caleb, uh, kind of putting him in the confidence to say, okay, this guy's a Jimmy Light. We're going to use him like that. And then, okay, we're going to shift him to a small ball four, which when he was kind of being used as a two previously, uh, it's kind of forcing Gabe Vincent in parts of the season into more pick and roll reps to try to get him going. All this stuff is on SPO. Like he's let allowed these guys to put them in the right spots. Uh, and then I think the, the capitalizer for SPO this year was uh, after that four-game losing streak, uh, game against Sacramento, he just changed everything. Like they're sitting in the one seed. They were right there. But he changed everything and saying, okay, now Duncan Robinson's going to come off the bench. Max Schuess is going to be a starter. We're going to start inserting Tyler Hero for Jimmy Butler to kind of get more spacing. We're going to move Jimmy Butler to the four a little bit more. Like this type of stuff to do at that point in the season with about like single-digit amount of games left, uh, it's just not a normal thing to do. So I think just the job he's done with the limited resources he's had with constantly guys out, I think I probably would give him MVP. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. I think Spo is, well, I don't think, I know Spo is one of the best to do it in the NBA and in NBA history, you know, obviously getting the top 15 coaches selection and all of that stuff this year. Like he's, he is, he really is the man. And I would, I, I would tend to agree with you here because, you know, watching this Heat team in December, January, when, when everybody was in and out of the lineup and I'm like, Yo, how are they winning, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. how, how are they doing this? And I bring up like guys who, you know, who are not even on the roster anymore. You know, they went at Kyle Guy and whoever. Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, what is happening? It doesn't matter. Like, they're just figuring out a way to, to kind of get it done. And I know we're on the heat culture segment here of that, but it really is something that to behold. And that really starts with what Spo is able to do at that head coach's chair, you know, getting everybody to buy in, calling anyone's number and being able to really kind of plug and play. It is something that I've said on multiple shows and multiple iterations that I don't know if there's a better plug and play system in the NBA right now. Yeah. And that has everything to do with Spo, what he's doing in terms of player development and just the overall coaching altogether. Um, so I agree with you, man. If it was if you change it to the most viable person, it probably is Spo, but MVP, Tyler Hero, who is also obviously going to be the NBA sixth man of the year. Brady, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation, man. I want to thank you so much for, for rocking with me here. Before I let you get out of here, please tell the people where they can find you and anything that you have working on next. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. Uh, Twitter at BradyHawk305, uh, FiveReasonSports.com for just latest articles, uh, and then Five on the Floor, just the Miami Eat podcast. Well, you know, I lied to you. Before I let you go for real, for real, who do you want to see? Who do you want to see them play in the first round? Who do you think is like a good matchup, a good tune-up, if you will, for them to continue to move on? I think if you're a Heat fan, you're saying Charlotte because I think they're the <laughs> easiest team to say. Uh, but I just feel like it's going to be Atlanta. Like I think we're heading towards the towards the point where I think the Nets uh, are likely to win tonight. It's going to probably be an Atlanta-Cleveland game, either one, whoever gets hot in that game. Uh, but I think Atlanta's a good tune-up game. Like I think they're a team that, that Miami could definitely beat, uh, but it's one of those things where you have to try to eliminate a star player in Trey Young. So uh, I think that's pretty much the ultimate first round, and then you just got to prepare for – an easier side of the bracket in Toronto or Philly, where you have Boston, Milwaukee, and you know potentially Brooklyn on the other side. I love it. I love it. I love it. I cannot wait to see how things play out for this Miami Heat team. 
they were not ducking Brooklyn for anybody listening out there. Um, they were ready to take on all the smoke, but now that they avoided some of that smoke, um, I definitely <laughs> think, you know, a team like Charlotte would probably be easier and agree with Brady that Atlanta is probably the most likely matchup with Cleveland, definitely not looking as great as we, as they once did to begin the season. That is all the time we have with our guy Brady. Again, as we look to make sure you follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305, all of his great work at Five Reasons Sports. Dos minutos. You know what that sound means. That means it's time to wrap it up. So shouts again to Brady Hawk for bringing the insight here, his level of knowledge on this Miami Heat team. Really insightful conversation, I think, discussing this roster and kind of the awards, if you will, that would be internal to this team. Um, by the time you meet with me next, it looks like the Heat will obviously be in that first round of the playoffs. So a lot of fun, a lot of great conversation to come here. We'll see who that first round opponent is and how they're faring within that first round. So for me, it's Warren Shaw. Again, shouts to the Believe in Network team. And I'll catch you next week on Believe in Heat presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.